here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarran. Jeff Hawkins. Is it? Can it be? It is! The phenomenal one is here! AJ Styles! Oh my gosh! You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. It has been rumored for weeks that the hottest free agent in sports entertainment was heading to WWE. Styles is here! Despite everything, no one can dictate who you are to other people. Prince. Today on Shake Them Ropes, it was a manic Monday on Raw with Gallows and Anderson saying, let's go crazy. Nasty girl Stephanie McMahon announces we're getting more McMahons. A sign of the times as we watch Shawn Michaels and Undertaker from Bad Blood 1997. Samoa Joe gets a taste of the glamorous life as he's crowned NXT champion. Does this mean a payback? We'll get to see the artist formerly known as Prince Devitt. I'm Jeff Hawkins, Raw Reviewer for Voices of Wrestling, and this week called one of America's favorite internet wrestling pundits for some reason. Joining me, as always, is one of the head honchos of Voices of Wrestling and a sexy mother effer in his own right, Prince Reference, the host of Shake Them Ropes, Rob McCarran. Hi, Jeff. Hello, everyone out there listening to Shake Them Ropes, episode number 145, another well-done intro as usual. Uh, Interesting show today. We have uh, a couple of guests on the line coming up, and we're going to talk about WWE Payback. And we are going to get our first guest on the line immediately. Or not. Or not indeed. Um, yeah, that was a uh, that was a struggle. We may have just murdered Joe Gagne's cell phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, so So, uh, Joe Gagne was set to join us here as our very first guest on this episode of Shake Them Ropes uh, to talk a little bit about NXT Lowell, uh, NXT in Lowell, Massachusetts. Joe Gagne was there live uh, for the big news of the week as far as in the ring, Finn Balor losing the NXT championship to Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, the new NXT world champion. Uh, So Joe, he was at the show live. He was going to uh, come on and talk to us about the match itself because we haven't seen it yet. It's going to air on NXT this week, but we're we're recording before NXT. So he's going to tell us a little bit about the match, about the atmosphere in the building, uh, what you know, kind of some of the the pre-show vibes. uh, See if anyone was actually anticipating something larger than usual or more special than usual. Um, But I want to thank Joe Gagne for uh, trying to come on the show with us. However, our first guest. Uh, has not been able to join because we we killed his cell phone straight up. I mean, Jeff, the last five to ten minutes, we were trying to figure out what was going on. His cell phone died completely. Uh, Skype murders another one. So uh, Joe will not be joining us. We hope to have him back sometime down the line in the future. 
Uh, but Jeff, we start the show just with that news before we get into payback and some other stuff we have on the schedule today. Finn Balor, the new, uh, excuse me, Finn Balor, the former NXT champion, Samoa Joe, the new NXT champion. What did you think about when you heard this? I liked the move, to be honest with you. Even if we don't see Balor on the main roster, I like the throwback to changing a title on a house show and throwing away convention of always having to change titles on big televised events. It makes it makes the events more special to me. And I think we should get back to that. The occasional, you don't need to go crazy like the attitude era of, you know, switching titles every week. But the occasional one is really good for wrestling, I think. Yeah, and especially this one too, because they've been talking about how Finn Balor was the longest reigning NXT champion. He, you know, he kind of did what, Nikki Bella did when she was the champion, you know, get past the reign of AJ Lee. In this case, he wanted to get past the reign here. He becomes the new champion. He holds the record for longest title. And then you, uh, on one of your first events after that, I think the first event after this, uh, this reign has broken the record. He drops it on a house show. And now that builds buzz. And let's face it. NXT is all about that underswell of buzz anyway, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's about yes. the internet buzz, so you don't have to put it on TV. It's going to be buzzworthy, and now you've built up something for everyone to watch on this episode Wednesday, and I bet for those who look at the analytics and look at, you know, see who uh, who is actually watching the WWE Network live, I bet there's going to be an increase in viewers tonight. Yeah, and, and I... Oh, go ahead. And that's how sometimes spoilers aren't necessarily a bad thing, because everyone knows Samoa Joe is the new champion. He wins this championship, but people want to see it. People want to see how he did it and they want to see the match. And this episode of NXT is probably going to do really well. And you have a new NXT champion in Samoa Joe. Well, they have cameras at all the events. Absolutely. So you can do this. It, it's kind of cool. They used to do this on like the worldwides and things like that in the 80s where it's like, yeah, we have new tag team champions. Let's go to this show in Greensboro or whatever. And they'd show it. In, and it's kind of cool because it's like, okay, now all of us can share in the moment. And I like that. I, I really do. I, I, I like that. Now, do you think we're seeing Balor at payback? In one form or another. Well, I tell you, we'll get into this uh, okay, payback sorry. preview. Um, <laughs> but that's one of the things I wanted to uh, ask Joe about. And we'll have uh, we have another guest on the show later on. Sean Ross Sapp of Wrestling Inc. is going to join us to talk about just that and the main events of payback to get another perspective to see if we're out to lunch as we go through this payback preview. Um, but yeah, Finn Balor. You know, the rumors have been going on for months and months and months, and especially this week, you know, there were there were rumors that Finn Balor might come up to Raw, and Finn Balor is a master troll. I mean, if you mm -hmm. if you look at Finn Balor and take whatever he says uh, outside of the ring or on social media at face value, you're a fool by now yes. because, you know, he's just having fun with you. And, and that's and that's all well and good. But there were some people who were expecting Finn Balor on Raw. We talked about it a little bit. I don't expect him on Raw. Mm -hmm. um, I expect him if he's going to come up. Payback seems to make sense. Maybe we should be possibly removing Finn Balor from the equation when it comes to Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. Mm -hmm. Just because they were aligned before doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be aligned now. Mm -hmm. um, do I think someone is going to join Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows on payback? Yes. I do think there is going to be a third person that joins them. I do not believe it to be AJ Styles. After this Monday, it certainly, I don't feel, is going to be Roman Reigns. It could be Finn Balor or it can be completely someone else. It could be Hugo Knox for all I know. I don't think it's somebody on the on the NXT roster because the this is that's just not Vince's style to be honest with you. Right. He he likes to associate newer acts with someone established on the roster. See CM Punk in the quote unquote new Nexus. He <laughs> he wants someone that he he wants someone that he trusts in 
that he that's a proven commodity. And right now, I don't think Balor's a proven commodity enough on the main roster to warrant that position. Now, he may be a lieutenant in waiting or a sleeper cell agent of some sort that will eventually be shown as the mastermind, like he's brought up to team with AJ against Anderson and Gallows. But right now, I would look at a main roster person or a returning main roster person as the leader. I have a way out of the box prediction for that, but we'll get to that later, I assume. Yes, we'll we'll talk about all the main event stuff uh, with Sean Rossap. We're going to talk about all this payback uh, show here. We also got Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from Bad Blood 1997, the In Your House Bad Blood 1997. We're going to talk about it is our uh, match this week on the top 100 matches to see before you die on WWE Network. It is match number 37, so we'll talk about that one. Uh, but we will get into this uh, payback 2016 show. It is happening in Chicago, Illinois, Rich Krejci of Voices of Wrestling, uh, our website here, will be there live. Um, he was at Money in the Bank 2011, uh, CM Punk versus John Cena. I don't know if he's going to leave the building as thrilled, as enthralled with WWE as he was mm-hmm. in 2011 when CM Punk won the world title. Uh, but I tell you, this is a card that is certainly trying to get people enthused, especially those who are more on... The uh, the independent scene kind of realm of uh, of pro wrestling fandom. I mean, you got AJ Styles in the main event. You have Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. What are they going to do? Uh, it's going to be a while before I can stop calling them Doc Gallows, too, because for the last three years, we've been so used to doing that. Uh, the much-anticipated rematch of Callisto and Ryback for the U.S. championship. Uh, <laughs> that just kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. <laughs> Did you say much-anticipated? Of course, yeah. I'm, I'm anticipating that greatly. It's, it's a, a singles match. For the U.S. title, it is happening on the kickoff show. Again, they are relegated to the kickoff show, but there will hopefully be a full crowd, at least, in attendance when they get into the ring. This kickoff show isn't going to happen two hours before the start of the real show. So Callisto and Ryback on this show. Cesaro in a big match with The Miz. Dean Ambrose in a big match with Chris Jericho. The singles match, first time ever singles match on WWE television on the main roster. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, Bret Hart and Ric Flair and their relatives in the ring. I mean, this is a pretty big show. Baron Corbin against Dolph Ziggler, Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy against the Vaudevillains in the NXT Tag Team Special. Uh, this is this is quite the show on paper, is it not? Is, oh, yeah. Is Becky and Emma still on or no? It doesn't look like Becky and Emma's on the show unless they add it super late. Mm, okay. I mean, Paige has been... Paige beat Emma on main event. So... They haven't yeah. really been building Emma and Becky as these unbeatable characters. They've been doing backstage promos that they don't even put on TV a lot. They put on the network and they put on YouTube. So whether they're going to wrestle right now, it doesn't look like it. Could they on, have a match on superstars one night? Probably. Yeah. On paper, this looks like a fantastic quote unquote work rate card. It really does. It looks like a very exciting card. A now, work rate card, but it also has that big, like what is going to happen in the main event? It's not just about who wins. It's about what is what is Gallows and Anderson going to do? Uh, is there going to be a third guy? Is there going to be a new group? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, there is that anticipation. I think a little bit of the shine is off of it just because they should have saved Gallows and Anderson versus the Usos for this for this card as opposed to putting it on Raw. They should just let them destroy a couple guys, like a couple of local indie guys on Raw and keep building that anticipation. I think... I think they're just seen as flunkies now, as opposed to a powerful force that could stand on its own. I think, I think we're ahead of WWE a bit and going, okay, who's going to be joining them right now, as opposed to keeping the option of them being on their own, um, 
in the mix, so to speak. I, I do think that was a bit of a mistake. It's interesting too with that because you know, I, I wasn't a big, uh, I wasn't negative on it. Negative. I, I, I mean, liked I, the match. I wasn't, I wasn't negative. It's just a well, constructive the fact criticism. That they yeah, that's, it's a that's constru- true. Yeah. I, I didn't think it made them look like flackies by any means because right now they're they're not flackies to anybody. They're friends of AJ, almost in a recruiting role, if mm. you will. Uh, so I, I don't see them as flackies right now. They're kind Flunkies. of they're kind of two guys on their own. Is flackies like flunkies and lackies together? Is that what it is? Flackies. Flackies. Yeah, you said flunkies? flackies. Is flackies yeah. not a word? No, I don't think so. Oh wow! Well, I'm it making might, it one. It, it on. might be. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of. There is a website. Uh, flackies.com. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, Urban Dictionary. They will always give us the answer. Oh, please don't be super sexual. <laughs> flacky is being lazy, slacking. Mm. Hey, you're getting a little flacky today. A very unattractive girl, the exact opposite of a jamp. What the oh, hell is a jamp? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just want a podcast of you reading the Urban Dictionary. Ah, <laughs> oh, look out for that troll. Oh, it's just a flacky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe. so flunky, flunky and lackey. I think I was doing lackey and flunky. <laughs> I absolutely was doing that, Jeff. Thank you for calling that out. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I appreciate that very greatly. Yeah, I just think that, I just think they, they 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 were such a force for the past couple of weeks of destruction, and I think you need to keep them a force of destruction before giving them the. It wasn't exactly a fifty-fifty match, but it wasn't the destruction they were putting it over on commentary until they isolated one of the guys. They did put it over as like it was. It was like this New Japan tag team because they mentioned New Japan. They mentioned how these two dominated Japan. Well, that uh, was that was JBL, so we have to take it with a grain of salt. Oh, Michael Cole saying it too. Oh, did he? Michael oh. Cole. Michael Cole's talking about how they dominated New Japan specifically okay. as they walked down to the ring. So, I, which is true. I mean, they're not going to get in trouble for saying the company's name. It's it's historical fact that they were in a company called New Japan, and they're relatively these characters. It's a weird dynamic sometimes, but hey, it's happening. But. They did. They really put on commentary like in this tag team match that went about 10 minutes where the Usos had a little offense, but relatively it was a Guns and Gallows show. They were really making it look like this tag team was coming in and just destroying one of the biggest tag teams in WWE over the last decade, the Usos. That's what they put it up as is like it's the new era. And that's what I want to talk to you about, too, as we talk about this show. Mm. I mean, they were calling this the first pay-per-view of the new era. This is a weird time in WWE, even made weirder by WWE themselves. Like, this is the first new era show. We we have a question on payback. That's one of the things we have to talk about, too. Who is Vince McMahon going to put in control of Raw? And and some of you may hate these storylines. Like, why is the storyline based about, you know, the authority versus Shane? Let's just have the wrestling and all this stuff. I'm intrigued by it, honestly, a little bit. Because uh, I would not be surprised if Shane come, or Vince comes out here and says, no one's in charge. We're going to let someone else be in charge or we're going to let the wrestlers be in charge. Or even hell, during the WWE show on the WWE app, you can vote for the matches for all I care. So there's some intrigue here and a lot of different uh, possibilities on the show. Uh, but the new the new era in WWE, uh, there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered. But I, I actually liked Raw. I thought this Raw was uh, pretty excellent top to bottom and it went by quickly for me. I think they did a couple of really good things. The two video packages they showed were fantastic. The Zane Owens updated one because they updated yeah. kind of oh, the old yeah. one from NXT. That oh, yeah. was, and I'm thankful they didn't put that on the pay-per-view. Oh my God. That was so good. Well, it'll probably thought, be on the pay-per-view too, but I'm glad they at least showed it here. I, I mean, I'm glad they didn't debut it on the pay-per-view. Correct. I'm glad yes. they put it on the go home show. I thought the China one was as good and as straightforward as you were going to get from WWE. And 
they didn't do the hyperbola all that much. And I thought that was a real, I thought it was a strong video package in, in that sense. I thought it was a strong video package. They, they did more than what they necessarily had to do. I mean, they had Correct. the video package. They had the, they have the video or the, uh, the still shot at the front of the show. They talk about her greatest hits on WWE.com. There's a, mm -hmm. there's a playlist of her on WWE network, which is the way they tribute, uh, they pay tribute to these people. I, uh, I thought, pass. you know, I, I'm glad they kind of resisted the urge to get all the current women to talk about what a trailblazer she was on video, kind of that contrived stuff. They, they, they really did a good job here and, and they did, they went above and beyond what they were required to do. I think, I think the graphic at the top would have sufficed given the history between China and this company. The video was a nice gesture by them. So let's give them credit for that. Yeah. Um, this payback show and before mm -hmm. we get to payback, I want to remind everyone, you can follow Jeff Hawkins on Twitter at crapgame 13 You can follow me on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes for all the show info. Voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. If you are not a subscriber of our show on YouTube, go do that immediately. Uh, you get Shake Them Ropes. You get uh, VOW Live, which is some of the live call-in shows that I host. And you get some other stuff coming down the pike. So go subscribe, voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. And if you're doing shopping on Amazon anytime soon, support the website at the same time, voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon. Use that link. It'll take you to the Amazon website. You can shop like normal, no extra cost. And a portion of the proceeds go to Shake Them Ropes and Voices of Wrestling. And you can help out everyone by doing your normal shopping. So do all that. WWE Payback. Let's talk about this opening match. It is the kickoff show match. It is Callisto and Ryback a WrestleMania 32 rematch, even though really there's been very little, if not uh, really any build on WWE TV over the last month for this one. Uh, Ryback and Callisto, just a match thrown together just to have it, right? Maybe Ryback's criticisms of his placement on the WrestleMania card, someone heard it. I think this is a do-over, and I think Ryback's getting the title back here. I think, I think they're going to pull the plug on this Callisto experiment. What do you think? Um, I don't know if they're going to do that. I think they just want to give, give them the match again. And, uh, they have nothing better for either one of them to do. And whatever played off of that Callisto being injured in his match. Right. I mean, what is, what is happening here? Callisto wrestles like normal on SmackDown this week. Oh, he was great on superstars on Friday against, uh, Tyler breeze. If you haven't seen that match, go out of your way to watch it. It was really good for yeah. a superstars match. Sin Cara makes his way back from injury just to have the one match where Callisto acts hurt and then goes away. It's a difficult position to be in because they're doing the underdog scrappy underdog gimmick with him and Sami Zayn simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. One of these, one of these, yeah. One of these has to be dropped. And I think Callisto's is the one that gets dropped. So since I was already on the urban dictionary anyway, <laughs> oh, no. I wanted to see if there was a definition for Ryback and there is, there is a definition for what Ryback means. Another overrated wrestler currently working for WWE worked briefly as Skip Sheffield, a member of Nexus, but was written off television due to injury. He then started working under the crappy meathead gimmick who bullies smaller guys. He botches a lot and nearly broke Daniel Bryan's collarbone. That is the uh, definition for Ryback. You can reach Rob McCarron at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter should you want to forward that to the big guy because he said it. Forward and it. Forward it to the big guy. <laughs> Forwarded to the big guy. I don't know uh, what else. Uh, what else he's gonna do? He can he can block me. He can post something on Twitter once every five months or whatever he does. The banter. Oh, big banter. Uh, that's the ma next match in the show. I, I think that Callisto is gonna keep his title. 
anyway okay. for the U.S. title. That that's my prediction. I don't think this match is going to mean nothing. It's just something on the network to do. And then you got Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, where Baron Corbin has been running roughshod. He lost via countout, right? Or he got counted out with Dolph Ziggler before. This one is going to be where he's going to pin Dolph Ziggler clean in the middle of the ring. I mean, Baron Corbin should win his debut pay-per-view match. Um, I guess he won his debut pay-per-view match, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, but this will be the really big deal here, payback. Chicago crowd, they should be hyped for Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. They're going to give it to Baron Corbin, I'm sure. Um, Any chance, though, maybe, that the Chicago crowd, they're a little weird sometimes. Any chance that they actually cheer Baron Corbin over Dolph? No. Not at all. Okay. And Ziggler's going to bounce like a pinball for the guy. Oh, he's going to he's gonna go like crazy. You don't give... I mean, what would the chances be that Dolph Ziggler actually wins? Like, any chance that maybe they do this weird thing where Baron, he's, he talks he talks tough, he beats everyone up, but he actually loses his first match to Dolph? I... it's You know what? I'd give it 25% if only for the immediate rematch at yeah. uh, Extreme Rules for with a stipulation. I do. I, I think there's a decent chance here that they do some wacky finishes in order to set up immediate rematches. But uh, Extreme Rules is coming up soon. I mean, Extreme Rules, I think, is only three weeks away. Yeah, and they don't have time to build new programs. So I think that this might be the place for Baron Corbin to possibly lose. But uh, I'm still leaning his way. I don't think they want him to lose yet, but it might be a fluke like schoolboy or something to that effect. Yeah, Extreme Rules is on the 22nd, so it is three weeks away after the show uh, completes itself. Um. I, I'm interested in the Baron Corbin match. I, the Chicago crowd gets me sometimes, and and I'm not even saying it would be bad if they cheer Baron Corbin. I like Baron Corbin. I think he has potential, um, but it'll be an interesting match. Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. Enzo and Big Cass go up against the Vaudevillains. It is the NXT special for the number one contendership to the WWE Tag Team Championships. Uh, this will be the segment that Big E, Kofi, and uh, Xavier Woods are probably involved in in some way, even if it's just a stare down after the match. Uh, to set up that eventual tag team championship match. Uh, but Big Cass and Enzo have been hot. The Vaudevillains have been fine on television. The Vaudevillains make the most sense, because if you were going to do the Big E versus a team, it's probably a heel team. The Vaudevillains definitely make sense. Enzo Amore and Big Cass have done more with the Dudleys lately, so I don't know if they're going to go back to that, or maybe they just will push Enzo and Cass to the moon. Uh, I'm a little uh, hesitant to pick a side very strongly in this match. They could do a three-way at a extreme rules but i do think that uh, the dudleys come down cost enzo and cast the match leading to a tables match at uh, at the next pay-per-view and i think we get vaude villains versus the new day on raw vaude villains okay so you think that'll be on raw and then we yeah. get to the real stuff okay you kind of just uh shove them to the side i mm-hmm. do like that the vaude villains have been doing better than what i thought they were i thought they were going to sink pretty fast i think they've been uh, you know what i think they've been uh over overperforming on the material they're given. Like I said, last last week's match, I thought they were awesome. This week on the microphone, it wasn't exactly chicken salad, I, but it wasn't oh, the worst thing in the world. I fucking it wasn't the hate. Worst thing. If they're going to go back to Aiden English singing. Oh, I no, you, you saw in my report, I go, someone told Vince he could sing, and I just went, oh, crap, they're dead. They're so dead if that happens, but I hope not. I hope not. Just stop it. Just stop it right now. Stop singing. You're not, I'm not going to hate on the singing aspect, but it doesn't do anything. Oh, great. You can, you can sing a little bit. You don't sound awful. Vince loves them being quote unquote entertaining. And that entertains. Oh God. All right. I agree. I agree. Uh, Let's move on. We're going to get to the rest of payback here. We're going to be joined by Sean Ross Sapp here to talk the big matches of WWE payback in just a moment. While we get Sean on the line, reminding everyone out there Sunday night after payback, WWE payback, when that ends, 
Shake Them Ropes goes live. We'll be live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel, voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. Jeff and I will be live streaming our Shake Them Ropes episode number 146 happening after WWE Payback. So follow at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter for all the information. Subscribe to the channel to get the live ticket coming up this Sunday, 11 p.m. Eastern. Shake Them Ropes number 146 live after WWE Payback. Welcome back. We are here now with Sean Ross Sapp of WrestlingInc.com to talk about the main events coming up this Sunday on WWE Payback. Jeff Hawkins here as well. Sean, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you all? Doing great. You are a, a returning guest. We've had you on the show before and so popular. We had so many people wondering when we would get Sean back that it, that it took me about uh, five months to finally get you back because you're just so busy. Despite the fact that I told you guys that you were dead to me as I left the show last time, I'm back. Yeah, but I'm a sucker. See, uh, Jeff knows this. Uh, I'm a sucker. I'm going to uh, forget about all that. I'm going to forget the bad, kind of kind of focus on the good, and hope that this show today doesn't end the same way that one did. Maybe, oh, we, had a, we had a healing period, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just love that Rob is a heel in this territory and a face in yours. I don't get it. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> I don't even know how I, it's like, basically it's like Nashville and Chicago. I'm basically a baby face everywhere. Chicago just treats me badly. Did you, do you remember the guy who was mad that you quote unquote buried hockey? I did. Yep. I once, uh, I once on Sean's show buried hockey, even though I never did anything of the sort. You jerk. I also you said CM Punk would rather watch hockey than fight. And I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, that guy came back with a vengeance this week and trolled me a little bit. I saw, I saw, and uh, I saw that. I'm like, how do you listen so poorly, people? I didn't bury CM Punk, nor have I buried <laughs> hockey, nor he, am he I burying MMA. I'm not burying anybody by saying CM Punk isn't going to fight, and I'll eat my hat if he does. That's not a burial of CM Punk. It's just basically going on logic. Let, let me ask you: Did you watch the video that I sent of a guy eating a hat? Um, I have not yet. I'm trying not to focus on the actual act of it because I don't think I'll have to do it. And I'm just hoping that, uh, if I someday have to eat a hat, I will do all the research possible to make sure it's the most pleasant experience I can make it. This guy cut his hat up into tiny little pieces yeah, and would like eat it on sandwiches and things. Oh, sure. What was it like in one setting or was it over time? It was over time because somebody, I think, in the medical field told him that they were concerned because I, I guess uh, it, it doesn't your stomach doesn't break down cotton, at, you know, oh. obviously. Oh, what if it's a paper hat? But I, I mean, uh, you know, I want the visual of you like holding a, a baseball cap like a sandwich and just biting into it. Oh, I tell you, Jeff, I mean, Jeff and I kind of uh, mentioned this uh, <laughs> off air. If I actually have to do something like this. It is full-blown going on our YouTube channel, and we are going to make a pay-per-view event out of it in some way. You should. You should. Or, or Jeff, I will just uh, find every loophole possible. You work in law. You'll be able to help me find every loophole to everything I've ever said. Look, I'm a man who finds hockey to be more entertaining than baseball, so you're getting no sympathy from me right now. I love baseball. I'm glad my, yeah. I'm glad my Nats and my Cubs are doing well and the White Sox. Ugh. I'm just a bandwagon jumper. How many teams jumper. do you have? Look, I've, hey, we're not going to talk about this stuff. Let's get to the wrestling. Every team with 15 wins is basically my team right now. So let's get to WWE Payback. <laughs> we uh, we left off, Sean. want to get your thoughts on Charlotte versus Natalia. Uh, Bret Hart is going to be there. Ric Flair, uh, we think, is going to be there. There was some uh, hubbub with Ric Flair. Hey. Jeff, did you see this stuff with Ric Flair today? Yes. All right. Well, Sean, what's uh, what's going on with Ric Flair? 
Ric Flair was accused of being drunk in a Boston airport. As it turns out, he wasn't drunk. He was treated for a cut on his hand, but people, witnesses there, uh, said that he was acting erratically, and his, his manager issued a statement and saying that he has shut down many airport bars in the 70s, but this was not uh, one of those situations. Now, uh, even more, even maybe more concerning than that were his comments last night on SmackDown in which he told Natalia to kill herself. Um, I don't know if you saw the video. Yeah, the, I, the vine is making its way around. And, and this isn't a spoiler because it's not actually going to air on SmackDown. I have to believe it's yeah. going to be edited out. But yeah, you're right. Ric Flair was in the ring. They were cutting a promo with Natalia and Charlotte and Dean Ambrose for some reason involved. Must have been an Ambrose Asylum segment, I would imagine. And Ric Flair basically cut off Natalia and said, uh, what are you nuts? You should kill yourself. Yeah, Ambrose was dying laughing. Yeah, because he knows. And Natalia was yeah, like, settle down, settle down. Let's get back to the segment here. And Charlotte yeah. Charlotte went from, you know, happy to see her father talk badly to Natalia to, oh, shoot, what happened? Yeah, uh, she just was you know, obviously concerned. She may have just lost her father on TV and her manager, which... I think he's been an incredibly effective manager. Uh, also, Bret Hart doesn't really want to be there Sunday. He's made that abundantly clear. Yeah, he, he's just going to be there. He's, he's going to be part of this program. They tried to rehash basically what happened at NXT when these two battled, and and that was a much better moment. I, I think this match will be fine, but they're not going to be able to replicate, Jeff, the moment that they had at NXT TakeOver in any way, are they? No, because the energy of the building was different. The the stakes were a little bit higher for Charlotte to quote unquote prove herself in the match. I I, I think this is <laughs> between Brett and Rick, they're gonna distract more than help, I think. They do have the benefit of being in Chicago, and that's usually a hot crowd, but I mean yeah. you never know. So I mean there there is that, but it's not going to be anywhere near what that NXT uh crowd was, as Jeff said. All right, let me ask you something. The chance that the chance of we want Sasha overwhelm this match. Overwhelm the match? I don't know. Uh, I, I know there are going to be we want Sasha chance. There are probably going to be a lot of chance. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't think it'll overwhelm it. But, you know, anything's possible. I'm, I'm done trying to predict right. crowds like that. I trust, I trust Natalia pretty well to actually put a good match together and the fans will be interested in it. And I think Natalia has some cachet behind her to where the fans aren't going to just go into chanting mode and well, this let is me, boring stuff. Let me cut you off real here. I think I don't think it's going to be a bad match. Uh -huh. I just think everybody's ahead of them and that they think Natalia has no chance of winning it. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, yeah, it could be very well. I mean, Sean, do you think Charlotte retains? Oh, of course. Jeff? No doubt. Yeah, I would, I would say so. What, uh, what other heels are there to work with right now? Yeah, I mean, I Emma, mean, Emma just got beat in two minutes on Raw. Yeah, and she lost on uh, main event to Paige, too. I mean, they're oh. they're back to just giving Emma losses again. Uh, yeah, I, I it's funny because we were talking about Becky Lynch and Emma, how how it was seemingly being built up to where they might even be the kickoff show match and they might have some match on the show as a second women's match on the, on the card. And then it just disappeared. They just stopped doing stuff with it. They did some... Uh, they're fallout relegated segments. to, yeah, to, to raw fallout. Yeah. And that's it. it. It was just so weird. I mean, basically a raw fallout segment of Becky Lynch eating salad and not mentioning Emma is their build to this Emma match that may never happen. And if it does, it might happen on superstars next week. It, it's just so weird. Um, yeah. I don't like that, but <laughs> obviously I don't like that. I mean, Emma worked really hard to get back to where yeah. she was. She's and great. WrestleMania was, you know, sort of like redemption for her and her boyfriend, Zack Ryder, even right. though it was short lived. 
it was a redemption story because they both went to NXT to save their jobs right. and they, they made it back up. And Emma, it, it, Emma just made a complete 180 and mm-hmm. completely reinvented herself and really kind of set a template for Alexa Bliss to reinvent herself as well down there. So it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's sad. The good news or the bad news is we don't get to see Emma. The good news is we don't have to see another Becky Lynch, dumb baby face, clean loss. So it's, you know, to me, it's, we break even on the thing. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. It is finally happening one-on-one on WWE pay-per-view. Uh, I do not believe it will be the only time this month they wrestle on WWE pay-per-view. Uh, to me, this match is going to set up whatever crazy match they do at Extreme Rules, but that then begs the question, who wins the first encounter? Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Sean, your thoughts on this match finally happening. One of the matches that I would say I'm most looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for it. My most anticipated match on the show, even more so than Reigns and AJ Styles. And I'm, I'm, I know that match is going to be really good. Um, this feud is going to be kind of like Sean, not, not to the level, obviously, but Shawn Michaels Triple H, where you can go back to it anytime you want. And I, you know, somewhere down the line, they're going to get paired together as a team, like way, way, way down the line to play off of that. And we'll get more and more and more out of these guys. I'm looking forward to another 10 years out of these two guys because it's so natural. They've went to it a million times before and it, it works. It just works. And really excited to see what these two are going to pull out. I mean, we've seen them, what, what they pull out when they're being paid hundreds of dollars. Now we're going to see what they're going to pull out when they're paid thousands of dollars. Very excited for this match. Who do you think wins? The fans. Okay. Oh, wow. What a non-answer. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up in like a no contest or a draw. Really. Okay. And they very well, um, because the stipulation, I don't know. I mean, ladder match possibly makes the most sense, but I, well, I guess it doesn't make that much sense because they don't have a belt to fight for at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would imagine this does, this does actually set up some type of extreme match and maybe the winner isn't the most important thing. If they set up a rematch, I can see Sami Zayn winning and then Kevin Owens taking him out afterwards. So taking him out on raw, uh, setting up some type of, uh, a match at extreme rules. But I, I don't know if the winner of this match necessarily is the most important thing. Kind of like how at the end of the day, Chris Jericho beating AJ Styles at WrestleMania wasn't the most important result, right? Because they just completely rehabbed it the next night. And then, and then this month. So sometimes the result doesn't matter, especially if this is not going to be the last match in this feud because it's going to go on, Jeff. But isn't isn't that a problem that the result doesn't matter? Well, maybe. No. Well, maybe not for well, this one, just because what is it? It's going to be third uh, on the card. It's it's like fourth from the top. So maybe this particular match in the, in a vacuum uh, doesn't necessarily matter based on what you have around it on this show. If it was the main event, yeah, probably. But otherwise, no, I don't. I don't think the result of this one matters as much as the result at Extreme Rules. Because in my mind, they're going to extreme rules. Now, if they don't go to extreme rules, it's completely insane if they don't do some type of clean finish for whoever. I I tend to think that to continue the video story, I think it set it up perfectly. Zane's going to sneak a win here against Owens. And Owens is going to say, I was the victim. I was screwed. And I think in the meantime, possibly Zane takes that U.S. title off of Ryback, who probably wins it in the pre-show. And that sets up the uh, another classic 
Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens ladder match. God, I hope somebody else ends up with that U.S. title. That's true. Well, we talked about the U.S. championship. Let me get your big uh, thoughts on the rematch. We've been waiting a month to see Callisto and Ryback for the U.S. title. Can you believe they're doing this again when seemingly it's coming out of nowhere? I haven't been waiting a month. Didn't it happen like last week or something? No, if it happened on SmackDown, I didn't see it. I'm pretty sure it happened on SmackDown. Oh, I think he's go. right. There main event or something like that. And I cover SmackDown and I don't even remember. Yeah, but yeah, Callisto and Ryback, who cares? Uh, same as in Kevin Owens. I want to take a moment to silence everybody really quickly for the match that was supposed to be on this card that it now is not. The League of Nations versus the Wyatt family. Sadly, we lost that match and it looks like uh, spoiler alert for SmackDown here, everyone. If you want to skip ahead two minutes, the League of Nations look to appear to be over. Thank God. Not a moment too soon. It, it, it's funny how they were booked on Raw where everyone gets an individual loss. They're just kind of separated. Lana is all of a sudden back with Rusev. I think uh, that's a problem. Why bring her back before this? Unless maybe next week Rusev's saying, you know, she tried to talk some sense into me. She tried to tell me that you losers are the reason that I keep losing. And then maybe build something out of that. But I don't know, man. No, you just want to throw it away all in one segment on SmackDown when no one watches it. But Jeff, that's the weirdest thing because we saw Lana with the League of Nations like once or twice, and then most of the time she was away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They're still going to be irrelevant as singles or as a group. Who who is Sean out of these three? Because Wade Barrett's gone. I mean, we haven't. You know, nothing's happening with Wade Barrett. You have Sheamus, Rusev, and Alberto Del Rio. They love going to Sheamus when they knit a big top heel, Ugh. but. Would it not be crazy to make Alberto Del Rio like a, a get him pushed towards the top of the card again as a strong lead heel? I mean, that to me is what you do if you're going to break these guys up as a trio is push Del Rio. Could they be going towards anyone else or are all three of these guys going to be lost in the ether? How can you make people care about Del Rio again? It was the problem two years ago. And then by the way he was treated, he became a baby face, a superstar baby face everywhere else by default. And now you're back into the situation where it's like, how do you make people care about Del Rio? You're going to have him run over Santa again. It's not going to work. Um, I don't know what he can do to, to get him at that level. I mean, they could do it anyway. They they've shown previously, they don't really care if it works or not, but I think he, he stands a much better chance as a baby face, but they're baby face heavy right now. They don't have a lot of top heels or any top heels. They don't have a single one right now. Yeah. Um, well, I, I disagree heavily that Del Rio is best served as a baby face just because we've seen that. And it was I think right now. I think right now he is. But I mean, that was before, you know, he got fired for mm-hmm. standing up for his race, you know. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I can't see Del Rio working in that spot. He's approached Seamus territory for me. Where it's like that run has been exhausted. Oh, I mean, Jeff, he's literally been Seamus over the last week or over the last, what, four months. He's been yeah. Seamus. He is so uninspiring to watch in the ring right now. Ever since he came back, he's maybe had half of a good match, in my opinion. Rusev has the most upside. Go with him. And he's I, also I the agree. most entertaining on promos, to be honest with you. I, he's I the guy like who puts the most. He's the guy who puts the most emotion out of the three of them. The other two, to me, go through the motions. Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho, singles match. Dean and Jericho, they've been building this one as Dean's a little crazy, and Chris Jericho is like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing, youngster? Uh, Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho. Does Chris Chris Jericho steal another one? 
from the internet darlings? Here, here's my theory. I mean, Dean Ambrose has not, I can't remember the last time he won a pay-per-view match, maybe TLC. Did he win then? Oh, Cause I, I know he didn't I win at the rumble. I know he didn't win in February. I know he didn't win at WrestleMania. Um, I'm going to look up so, TLC 2015, a show not that long ago that we should remember a little bit of. And I remember none of it. I actually could not even tell you what the main event was, uh, except that I'm pretty sure Roman Reigns was involved. Yeah, Dean Ambrose actually won the Intercontinental title yeah. from Kevin so that's Owens the last, TLC. That's the last pay-per-view match he's won. So if he wins, you know, sure, whatever. If he doesn't win, I get the feeling that maybe they're trying to start some like you know, that he got screwed mentality, but I don't think that that's smart. And I don't think that, that they would think to utilize that the way that it, it has worked inadvertently with other guys, because he's had his jets cooled big time too, which I mean, you could go up and down the WWE roster and it's just a who's who of guys who have had their jets cooled when they seemed like they could be at least upper mid carters. Uh, I got to believe that Ambrose is going to win, but if he doesn't, I feel like that's, that may be the reason maybe they're, trying to employ something like that. Jeffrey oh, Jericho's winning this. And See, I think you he's... are, you are Mr. Pessimistic. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to say that Chris Jericho wins this match. And I, I, don't think, even, I, I don't even know if you're wrong, but it just, I mean, this I one was second, obvious. I have the second step mapped out. That's All right. One. Okay. Go for it. I think Jericho goes up against Roman Reigns next. Interesting. Chris Jericho. I think they're building Jericho Roman for the rain spot that they were originally planned to do at Raw that 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 night. Hmm. Hmm. Jeffrey, uh, Sean doesn't know this, but uh, earlier in the show, Sean, we were on Urban Dictionary. Oh, jeez. Oh, we're, please tell me this story. We were we were doing some uh, we were doing some lookups. I apparently have created a word myself. Flackies is a is a brand new word. Uh, I am uh, trademarking that if that's possible. Uh, well, now I went to Urban Dictionary since it's still up, Jeff. I mean, you know me. I just don't close browser windows. I searched Ambrose. Ambrose and? has an entry in Urban Dictionary, not just, Am- for, not just for Dean Ambrose. Ambrose. Ambrose Bierce? Super sexy, muscular, and smart, and has a body of a Herculean proportions, basically the perfect man. And yes, I read that correctly. Has a body of a Herculean proportions. I'm going to edit that and change it. But I feel like some fanfic writers made that one up. I was looking for the date. I thought for sure that would have happened after 2014, but no, that was sent in in 2008. So, oh, damn. Yeah, I would have thought like, seriously? Come on now. But uh, yeah, Ambrose has an entry in the Urban Dictionary. Um, I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose winning. I think in Chicago, they give Dean Ambrose a relatively big win and... Maybe his next stop is Chris Jericho again at Extreme Rules because I can see Extreme Rules being like a, a complete retread yeah. of payback just with all the different gimmicks going on. Or possibly maybe Roman Reigns does turn heel or maybe he feuds with whoever the next top guy is. Uh, you know, if it's Finn Balor or someone who joins Dot Gallows and Carl Anderson or I don't know, Kevin Owens. Maybe they rip Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens apart and say, Kevin Owens, you're going with Ambrose. Sami Zayn, you're going with someone else. We're giving you this one singles match and it's over. We're not going through this again. There's a number of different things that could happen. But with three weeks in between, I think at payback or extreme rules, we're basically getting a retread of payback 
Um, it, it's hard to predict some of these matches. I mean, am I wrong? This might be one of the more unpredictable pay-per-views just because I, I don't know if the results change the course of WWE for the rest of the month. I think that, yeah, that that's true because with any of these matches, it could go one way and you know, they love to do the 50, 50 booking. So you never know who's going to get the win and what they'll do here. What? Three weeks later is a pay-per-view. Three, three weeks four? is extreme rules. Three weeks, three weeks, man. Yeah. yeah it's, because it's, it's close. Outside so of maybe like Baron Corbin, I think they're all pretty much up in the air, and Charlotte maybe. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have three episodes of WWE Raw between this uh, pay per view here and Extreme Rules, which happens on the twenty second of May. Uh, so you got two pay per views this month. If you do the free sign up of uh, WWE Network, hey, this is the month to do it. I guess you get two uh, two pay per views. Uh, for the price of zero. So uh, sign up for that WWE network if you if you haven't already. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think Dean Ambrose wins. I would just go for it. It's a 50-50 toss-up to me because whatever they do here, the next person's going to win at Extreme Rules probably. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I really like this pay-per-view. I'm not trying to make it sound like, like this pay-per-view doesn't matter because whatever matters is going to happen at Extreme Rules. I love the in-ring that we're going to get on this show. Like from top to bottom, every single match has some worthwhile stuff in the ring. And then you also have, as we'll talk about in the main event, the unpredictability of what's going to happen with, you know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And the big match that we're going to talk about now, Cesaro, getting a pretty consistent push here since he's come back. He's wrestling for the Intercontinental title against what may be the hottest act in WWE right now with Miz and Maurice. Uh, this is a big time match on the show. And judging by WWE.com and what they put on their card doesn't necessarily mean uh, that's the match order or anything, but this is really being kind of promoted as the semi-main event of the show. And what do you think about Miz and Cesaro, Sean, for the Intercontinental title? I know I love the Miz and Maurice together. That, that's that been excellent. That's rejuvenated the Miz, and I don't think he'll ever get back to the main event levels, obviously, but this is a good spot for the Miz. He is, is good in this. As long as he's not trying to catch anybody, well, trying is... a I'll use that term loosely, then you know what? I don't have much problem with The Miz, and I know that Cesaro will probably pull a good match out of him. Uh, I think Cesaro will either win here or win at Extreme Rules, and maybe we'll get a little bit of the prestige back out of that title. Um, I, I wasn't opposed to Zack Ryder winning that because it was a ladder match, and it was to further Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens that they hated each other so much that they cost each other the title and things like that. Um, and then, you know, Miz being the scummy guy that he is takes advantage by beating the the absolute jobber that had the right. title. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to, Cesaro is going to end up with the, with this belt by the end of the month, I think. Well, <laughs> I like Miz in this role. I wish he'd had a bit of more of an edge and less of the movie line reading, I think, but I still enjoy that immensely. I think, you know, Cesaro here, reborn, I like it a lot, but I think they're building up Miz for a purpose, and I think that purpose is to eventually lose to Apollo Crews. So I think the Miz is going to retain here against Cesaro. Miz? You think they're going to put the title on Crews? Mm. Eventually, yeah. I they think could. in the next couple months, yeah. Hey, you got uh, SummerSlam in Brooklyn. Might be a uh, nice place to really give the big push to Apollo Crews. He, he debuts there, you know, the year prior at NXT. Curses out loud during his entrance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Good so stuff. why not? Why not go into uh into Brooklyn and do that? Well, boys, it is main event time. Roman right. Reigns defending the world title against AJ Styles. That's right. The main event program right now involves AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, who this time last year were in the main event programs in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They are here. They are taking over AJ and Roman Reigns. Jeff, we will start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just go crazy. Go crazy with the theories of Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. Will do. I think the Les Boulets or Gallows and Anderson destroy AJ Styles here allowing Roman Reigns to win, but not turn heel necessarily, because I think they destroy Roman Reigns as well. Now, there's a 50-50 chance here that they reveal a third man. They reveal a third man, it will be Chris Jericho as the current string puller. And And then AJ and Roman will be uneasy tag partners in need of a third, and that third will probably be Finn Balor. Or they will just go with AJ and Roman as uneasy tag partners against Gallows and Anderson in Extreme Rules and hold off on whoever's pulling the strings. But I think, you know, my choices for who's quote-unquote pulling the strings on Gallows and Anderson is pretty much down to Vince, Triple H, or Y2J. I don't think, like I said before, they don't entrust new guys to be leaders on this level immediately. He's going to have to be a sleeper agent on the main roster if he is because they like putting new acts with established guys because Vince has trust issues, to be honest with you. So I think because he likes to attach himself to the guys from Japan, to the new hot things, I think Y2J somehow ends up in this and they start building him up as the next contender for Roman Reigns. Also, it wouldn't surprise me if they really, really, I mean, you can't deny the the pops that AJ Styles is getting no matter where he goes. And WWE sees that, and they have made it a habit in the past of when they can't get their top guy over with the crowd, they'll try to use somebody who is over with the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it never, it never works, but right. they try it. It's a very interesting match because it is happening in Chicago. They are going to go crazy for AJ Styles. They are going to go absolutely ballistic against Roman Reigns in this match. Um, And a lot of people will be looking forward to what happens either during the latter stages of the match or after the match with what's going to happen with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. They are basically telling you that something will happen with those two. Will Mm -hmm. they help AJ Styles? Will they turn on AJ Styles for not being super, ex, uh, you know, ex- extending a hand to welcome them in, to, to welcome them into his fold? Uh, you know, because they're showing them backstage as friends, but they are definitely showing AJ Styles hesitancy to include them in this program that he has with the Roman Reigns. Basically, like, we're friends, we're buddies, but I want you to stay out of my business kind of thing. And Anderson and Gallows aren't going to take too kindly to that. Um, I think it's 50-52, Jeff. I think it's 50-50 that on one side, Finn Balor comes in as the third man, or on the other side, that someone else comes in as the third man. I think we're going to have a third man with this team. I don't oh, you think do. they're going to go in. Okay. I don't believe that Anderson and Gallows are just going into business for themselves. Because what I don't what know. I don't line? think they're going. Well, I don't think they're going into business for themselves, but I don't think they necessarily reveal it here. Okay. Uh, you may you may be right in that aspect. And and maybe it's too soon to reveal another person since we just got this reveal of those two guys just a couple of weeks ago. Um I mean, Sean, where do you where do you stand on that point? Are yes or no, are we going to get a third person involved with this group no matter who it may be on Sunday? I would like to think so, 
But uh, the good thing about this storyline is WWE has done a really good job of it's not predictable. I don't know which way they're going to go. I mean, there are three or four, or maybe even five options. Uh, you know, I'm not that sure that they know where they're going based on 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 history. But I'm interested. Did and and that's not easy to do these sure, days yeah. with the way that they have done things. I am at least I, I'm going to be watching, and I'll be like, okay, what's going to happen next? Yeah, I'm interested. I, I'm excited to see the match too because Roman Reigns is the big, huge guy, and he makes AJ Styles look really, really small. Um, so it's an interesting matchup in that regard. We're going to see AJ flying all over the place because he can't work a mat based match with Roman Reigns. You don't think, right? So it, it could be a very exciting affair with AJ styles flying all over the place. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if we should divorce ourselves from thinking that if there's a third guy, it has to be Finn Balor. Cause I, I see most people thinking that it's going to be Finn Balor. Um, just because they were aligned before doesn't mean that they're going to align Finn Balor with Anderson and Gallows at all. For all we know, Finn Balor could stay in NXT all year and that Anderson and Gallows are either on their own or paired with someone else like Chris Jericho. But Sean, if Jeff, if Jeff is right here and Jeff is right, a surprisingly good amount of the time, honestly, I mean, he's, he's good at this. I'm terrible at predictions. Jeff is pretty good at it. If he's right, is Chris Jericho, maybe, maybe if it was Kane, but if it's Chris Jericho is the third man with these guys, is that the most grown worthy way they could go like is that the way we're going to be seeing like hashtag cancel the network type stuff after that yes yes because really yes because the other options are roman reigns aj styles uh finn balor and even seth rollins is an option which i don't think they would go that route but i think yeah i definitely think that would happen Uh, i mean just because who's gonna buy chris jericho against Roman Reigns. I mean, every time he's been champion, it's been as a heel. I'll say that. Mm. But he's not going to be the guy to unseat Roman Reigns. And they booked themselves into this position. I will say one thing. If it is one of those other guys, I'm kind of excited because a couple of years ago, I thought the show, I thought Raw was pretty hot a few years ago when the Shield was running roughshod. Because you could have 30, 35 minute six-man tag matches. Now, I don't know. Obviously, Gallows and Anderson aren't on that level of in-ring as Ambrose and Rollins, but if you put them with three other guys who are and you divide that up among the roster, it made a lot of the show much more interesting because the Shield was so protected. And when they lost, it meant something, and it was leading to something. And you always knew that there was going to be somebody that broke out of that, but... I don't think they're, this trio, whichever it may be, will have maybe that same thing, but it, it'll maybe replicate it a little bit. And they need something to fill up time. See, allow me, because I think the most groan-worthy is putting Roman Reigns at this point, because you've already had him get beat up. If they go back and say, nope, he decided to take a few beatings and out of respect and to make it look good or whatever, I think that is the most BS call here. If they had it. kept them, if they had kept them away, and especially after showing him with a Make a Wish kid, I mean, I don't think you can possibly turn Roman heel at this point with those two. Do do either of you still hold up? Because that was my original prediction when this first came up. I thought that they were going to be protection for Roman. They were finally going to pull the trigger on the heel turn. I think that's impossible at this point. What do you two think? I I thought he was a heel on the Raw after WrestleMania. I thought this whole angle was leading to where Mm -hmm. he was already a heel. Like he's he's not out and coming out and saying things about the fans. He's not calling the building trash or whatever, but he was, he was in the ring openly mocking Sami Zayn who wanted contention for his championship. 
Uh, he's wrestling AJ Styles, of all people. I thought he was already heel. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But in terms of this presentation, it, did it do him? A, they can't possibly do this pr the way they presented him in the past couple of weeks getting beat up. Oh, and yeah, he's clearly he's clearly here. not a bad guy because, I mean, you don't do the the Make-A-Wish segment with a guy who is a bad guy like that. You just don't do it. So in their mind, uh, you know, he's the good guy. He's going to be a hero that's prevailing over Gallows and Anderson and whether it's Styles or someone else. Um, either way, I just don't think that you can have Gallows and Anderson in here by themselves as a tag team involved in this main event storyline. There has to be someone else involved. I don't know. There has to be there has to be a great worker involved too. Right. I think if you're going to put them with a third guy, I hated like 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 Jeff mentioned the taking a beat down to better sell it. I hated that when it was done in the higher power storyline when they were like, oh yeah, Shane McMahon took all these beatings, but he he knew it all along, and they he and Vince were punching each other in the face to better sell. I didn't like that. I thought that was stupid. I think it'd be bad here. Uh, outside of the Make-A-Wish thing, I haven't noticed, you know, Reigns has been portrayed much better. The the short promos, the not giggling and smiling and all that crap outside of the Make-A-Wish thing. Right, but he's also, he's been, he's, he's been a guy who, who knows he's the best. Like, he has he, he's this been, belief that he's, he's the best. He's been the guy. Yes. So he's he's basically mocking everyone else. Not Not even all the times mocking, just looking down on everyone else. I mean, he's the guy on the throne and everyone else is below him and he's going to make sure everyone knows it. I mean, that segment that they did where everyone was coming into the ring, asking for contention, demanding contention for the world title. He was, he was finding a reason to make all of them look like they were subpar and that they didn't even deserve a chance in Roman Reigns's mind. No one deserves a chance at this title. I, I just think you don't have to reveal the third man here because you have such a short build to extreme rules. You can wait until then and keep the mystery going for three weeks and just start throwing shade on every single candidate you can possible here, be it McMahon's, be it Helmsley, be it whoever on the roster. But um, I think that needs to be a theme of the show. Is I like, agree. Like for the next three weeks, who the hell is this guy? And... Yeah, I, I think, but they they never do that. They never weave yeah. storylines in and out. I remember when Steve Austin was trying to find out who ran him down. Yeah, he was, was interrogating everybody. A year that went by. Jeff, maybe Jeff they could maybe a, they could have Edge and Christian interrogating people oh, yeah. like they did on their show. Jeff brings up a good point too, and I'm glad because I mean, here in my mind, I'm thinking that whatever happens has to be revealed at payback. And Jeff's right; they really don't have to. They can they can string it along for three more weeks, surely and make something happen at extreme rules. So that's a little bit of a, of a fault of my own, uh, Jeff, because I, I thought, okay, whatever happens here, if there's a third guy, it's going to be revealed at payback. And you're right. It probably doesn't have to be at all. Yeah. And you know, someone could say, well, you're new here and Shane was new. You know, you, you kind of, you can't interweave them, but I think Sean has a good point. They're not the most subtle people in the world and they're not great at doing complex storylines, but there's a possibility. So let's not bury it before it happens. Yeah. And, and maybe this will play into what happens in the main event and maybe it won't, but it is announced that Vince McMahon is going to be on the show to give control of raw to either Stephanie or Shane, or at least that's what we think. Maybe it'll be neither. Uh, but he's going to talk about the power of raw and who has control over raw. Uh, despite Shane McMahon losing to The Undertaker, he's been running raw for the last month. Um, I mean, Jeff, what what's going to happen with uh, what's going to happen with Raw? Hornswoggle, the bastard McMahon I, child. I hope no. he <laughs> I hope he turns it over to John Laurinaitis, and we get the Laurinaitis Bella <laughs> Bryan dynasty. 
Oh, it's, it's Cena, the Bellas, Daniel Bryan, and John Laurinaitis just running roughshod. I'm going to say he doesn't make a decision. I'm going to say there's going to be some stipulation down the road, probably between Shane and Hunter to decide it. Wow. Another Shane McMahon match is what you're calling for. I'm not calling for it. I'm predicting it. There is a difference. Yeah, it's calling for it. You put it on the scroll, everybody. Shane. No, no, no. You look, look it up on Urban Dictionary and see what's up there. How about that? What am I? What am I looking up on Urban Dictionary? Because you know I'm jumping at the chance. No, don't just. Okay, continue. no more Urban Dictionary. Um, Sean, anything else that you expect from this payback show? Anything off the wall that maybe we didn't discuss that you're you're expecting to happen in front of the Chicago crowd? Any CM Punk return talk? <laughs> Oh, uh, you are you going to cover the hat in barbecue sauce when you eat it? How's it going to work? I'm trying to pick out which is my least favorite hat. I'm, I'm not going to have to eat a hat. Come on now. We got we got Conor McGregor leaving UFC and coming back before we're going to get CM Punk in, in the ring. Um, what Maybe. does what does worry me is that, I mean, gosh, this Blackhawks run is over. He can start training a couple of months early now. It's scaring me a little bit. Do you okay. think they're saving him? Do you think they're saving? They announced a show in Chicago, which uh, I think you were the one who told me that there's no way Punk fights on that show. Could they be saving him for MSG? Possibly. He sold MSG out before. Only person on the roster to do it. That's that's true, basically by default. But that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see CM Punk fighting, but that's a issue for every other week in the future of this show. Uh, Sean, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us here to talk about. Payback coming up on Sunday. Tell the people where they can find you on the Twitterverse. At Sean Ross Sapp, S-E-A-N-R-O-S-S-S-A-P-P. Jeff, I have a surprise. Uh-oh. Joe Gagney? I think Joe Gagney is available. Hello? Hello, Joe. Hello. Thank you for calling. No one is currently available to take your call. Please oh leave God. a message after the tone. Thank you. Thank you. Joe, can you hear me? Yeah, it's his voicemail. He apparently can hear us, <laughs> but we cannot hear him because it went to his voicemail. I've lost my shit. <laughs> I think it was his, you know, his status was do not disturb, I think. And we obviously disturbed him. <laughs> Give me a second. Our message was successfully saved for him, though. Jeff Hawkins, I have a new segment for the show. Uh-oh. The Twitter question of the week. We haven't even gotten back to some of our old segments. I, uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't say those other segments were going to be weekly. We'll get it. Well, I did say the NXT power rankings were going to be <laughs> weekly, and we did one. We did one of them. But this this segment is going to be weekly. Gosh darn it. It's going to be promise. every week. Until uh, it's not. The Twitter question of the week, at Shake Thumb Ropes. Every week we will answer a listener question. It can be about anything wrestling related or not. Uh, so hit us up at Shake Them Ropes uh, whenever you want to. Just send us a question. You can DM it to us. Uh, the DMs, the direct messages are open. So you can DM us if you don't want to uh, get lost in the shuffle or don't want anyone else to see what the question is or just tweet at us what the uh, what your question is. And we'll get to one every single week. And this week's question comes from Oscar. He writes, Jeff and Rob, have you ever walked out of a wrestling event or any other form of entertainment? Have you ever walked out early, Jeff, of a wrestling show or any other show, um, but preferred wrestling? I, I have a feeling, Jeff, you're someone who's walked out of comedy shows before. Maybe I'm yes. wrong. 
Yes, I, a lot of comedy shows that I just went, eh, this sucks. I, I feel like you have walked out of comedy shows before. And honestly, I have too a couple of times. But sometimes you just either have to go. So I've walked out of movies too before. Like I didn't realize a movie was going to be this long with previews. So I just had to go. So I walked out, not because I hated the movie, but because I had to go. Uh, but wrestling shows, Jeff, have you ever walked out of a wrestling show early? Uh, I have not. Never? Ever. Because because I've because I've paid so much money for them. Okay, that so it's you think like I'm I, gonna stick yeah, around? Like I've, I've come, I've come close. I came close bowling night three to walking out because that main event was just too damn long. And it was like a five and a half, six hour show plus about six hours of waiting outside already. So I was just like, all right, finish this damn thing already. But never wrestling. And the one movie I almost walked out of, I couldn't because I was direct in the middle on opening weekend on a terrible date, which was a group date that. Everybody else backed off on because they knew I was going out with this girl or wanted to go out with this girl, except for one dude who wanted to hang along, which just made it terrible. And that was Spawn, which was just a god-awful movie. <laughs> you you just couldn't stay for Spawn. I I had to stay, but that was the oh, one you, where I was you, like, yeah, I, I really want to leave. I really want to leave, but the theater's too crowded, and it would just be too much of a pain in the ass to walk all over these people. Oh, wow. What mm-hmm. about you? Uh, yeah, there have been a, a couple of times I've walked out of shows. One, I walked out of early. I walked out of tag wars, 2008, which is a ring of honor show in Detroit, Michigan, 2008. Uh, the main event of the show was Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler black against Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. But the match before that, and a match I really wanted to see was the Briscoe brothers versus Austin Aries and Kota Ibushi. Nice. After I saw the Briscoes and Kota Ibushi and Austin Aries, and I stayed for a little bit of the main event, the age of the fall motor city machine guns. I just got tired. I wanted to go home. And I was like, I just saw the main event. I really saw the real main event with Kota Ibushi. So I left the ring of honor show early, uh, after the Briscoes match with Austin Aries and Kota Ibushi. I've also, and this is a little bit different because I didn't walk out of it because I disliked the show or was tired or anything. When Daniel Bryan was fired from WWE the first time for the mm-hmm. choking incident, he did a couple of indie shows, never went back to Ring of Honor or anything, but he did a couple of indie shows, including a, a couple of shows with Shakara. And a buddy of mine went up to Taylor, Michigan, to a Shakara show that Daniel Bryan was wrestling Eddie Kingston on. The only reason we went is because we wanted to see Daniel Bryan. We wanted to see Daniel Bryan back on the indies. We wanted to see a, a good match from Daniel Bryan. And we went to the Shakara show, and we're not really feeling it. I'm not the biggest Shakara fan in the world. And we decide to leave until Daniel Bryan's match. We go next door to uh, this pizza place and we're getting some pizza. And we were not the only ones who had left waiting for the Daniel Bryan match. There was actually a line at this pizza place of people from the Shikara show during (laughs) the actual first half of the Shikara show, ordering pizza and waiting for it and eating it and watching TV and all this stuff. Because the show was happening in the back of like um, this, this strip mall store. It was, I don't even know how to, uh, and maybe this is a first world problem. It, it's like a flea market is what it right. was. It was happening okay. in the back of a flea market. Uh, so everything was kind of taped off. So we went to this other place for, for pizza and we're there and we're, we're not, you know, hurrying because we think the Daniel Bryan match is going to happen, you know, somewhat late in the show. Well, guess what? Surprise. We order our pizza and that's when people start running towards the pizza place, getting their friends and just telling people Daniel Bryan's match is on right now. And of course, they're yelling, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston is on right now. Brian Danielson's up right now. This match happened before the intermission of the show. So way earlier than I thought it would be. 
we have not gotten our pizza yet. We're contemplating, okay, do we do we go right now, hurry up and go watch this, or do we wait for our pizza? Do we like just say the money's a loss and come back later? Uh, we waited for the pizza, go back in. Thankfully, we didn't miss too much. We we missed like 30 seconds of the match because Brian, Brian Danielson had a big entrance and Eddie Kingston had a big entrance. So I did leave a show to go order some pizza because I was not really interested in the show. I was more interested in just watching the Daniel Bryan match. Um, but I have never left like a WWE show early. I usually stay to the very end of that. I've never left uh, most ring of honor shows. That one was just a particular night where I had a two and a half drive, two and a half hour drive home. Right. And I saw the match. I was really there to see. Uh, so I would, I would occasionally leave when I had Kings season tickets. This is when the Kings weren't very good. I mean, they'd be like the eight or seventh seed and they were either up or down by like three goals after the second period. I'd, I'd leave because I'm just like, I don't want to watch this crap anymore. And I got, you know, 20 more games I could watch. We have a, uh, you know, we're in the Midwest here. I would not be surprised if there are listeners out there that actually were at that Shikara show. If you have any memories of the Shikara show with Brian Danielson and Ket- Eddie Kingston, uh, hit us up on Twitter at shake them ropes or on email, Rob at voices of wrestling dot com. <laughs> oh boy. How about now? Joe, we can hear you. Hey. 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 All right. Oh my God. Everyone's here. <laughs> and I forgot what we wanted to talk about. Uh, I believe uh, a little Massachusetts. <laughs> We're going to talk about NXT Lowell. <laughs> See, what would happen if I was good at radio is I would have ended the show right there when we finally had you saying hello <laughs> after the show long struggle. Of trying to get you. Uh, Joe Gagne of the rec- the weekly wrestling pod mass at voicesofwrestling.com has joined us successfully after two hours of trying. Uh, God bless him for staying with us. Um, Joe, you were live at the NXT Lowell, Massachusetts show where Finn Balor lost the NXT championship. Uh, what was that experience like overall for you? I would say, and I've been going to shows for about 30 years or so. It may have been like my the highlight of my live wrestling fandom. It was oh, just wow. so unexpected wow. and just so cool. And I, God, I still remember Joe finally hits the muscle buster. I'm sure everyone's seen the clip online, goes for the cover. Ref counts three. Everyone goes crazy. And because it was just so unexpected, but not, it was, it was such a shock, but it, you know, it, it still made sense. Joe has been chasing him and it was, you know, it was like, oh, it was a cool thing to do at a house show. It was so funny to see everyone go nuts over the developmental yeah. title changing hands. Oh, I, I know. Think, you know, like when, uh, you know, Danny Basham won it in 2000, I don't think the fans are going, uh, not quite a cause for a celebration. I don't think uh, they sent out a, a push notice to notify everyone of this momentous title change, but yeah. So you were, you're there live in the crowd. Now tell me honestly, um, cause I got to figure if you weren't, there were many others that were, uh, in the crowd, Smojo hits the muscle buster. He gets the pin one, two, three, they make the announcement new NXT champion, but it's a house show overall. You're in attendance. Was anyone there? Were you looking around like, how are they going to reverse this? Was there something in the match that uh, made this not valid? Like, were you waiting for them to take the title away from Joe and somehow negate that change? I really wasn't because there was nothing that would that would cause uh, anything to, to take it away. There was no ref bump. There was no shenanigans. Nothing really where, you know, Joe didn't cheat and use a foreign object. He just hit his move and won and was announced the winner. And I, I just... I don't know. It never really occurred to me that they might take it away. Well, that's good. I mean, because if I was there, I would have been thinking after being caught up in the moment and maybe I would have been caught up in the moment. It's hard to tell when you're not there. Um, I I would have been looking around like, Hey, that doesn't seem right. Maybe they're going to find some other way. 
what the beauty is, and Jeff mentioned this earlier, the beauty about NXT, though, is they record all the shows. I mean, they're going to have footage of it on the NXT episode that airs about an hour after we talk here. They're going to show this match on NXT TV. Everyone's going to give a chance to see it. You obviously got the, a chance to see it about a week early. Um, were, were there any vibes before the show or maybe during some of the undercard matches was there any feeling that you had that any other rumblings people were talking about? Did people think this was going to be as special or close to as special a night as it, as it ended up being? I would say no. No one was. No one really had the hint. I think everyone just kind of had the mindset that it's a house show. Finn will win. The, you know, when he drops the title, it'll be at a takeover or TV taping. I kind of had in the back of my mind, like maybe, like you know, well, maybe Finn's going to get called up soon and. You know, maybe they do something crazy here. I had it like a 5% chance. I know they were recording it, but they often have videos at uh, at their house shows for, you know, for footage to show on TV, just little clips of them being on the road and whatnot. But um, no, no, one, no, there's no rumblings. No one thought like, oh, this might be the night. I think everyone just kind of had the mindset that because, you know, no one, they don't do this on house shows. So, so there's no reason to really expect it. Are you actually that was that was my question is is since there were cameras around, I thought there might be more of an inkling of well, maybe something big happens at this show that they're gonna get for posterity for the television show um i I actually do have a question about the uh, outlay of the building now, now, did they have a big screen of any kind, or were all the sight lines good enough where it really wasn't necessary? uh sight lines seemed good enough to where it didn't appear to be a problem. They had the big Titan Tron of sorts it, there was no uh, no extra camera, but the way it was set up, and this is where Ring of Honor is going to run their pay-per-view in September when they bring New Japan talent over. Uh, it's, it's like a it's like a stage setup, so the wrestlers come off down by the stage. There's some seating there and a, a large, sizable balcony where um, where I was, which I, I had a great view of the ring. I never had a mm-hmm. problem seeing anything. Yeah, my problem was at the convention center. Everybody was on the floor, and they weren't showing the matches on any screens around there for the uh, for the takeover event pre WrestleMania. So you kind of had to go by either very tall people or by how the crowd <laughs> chanted. And then I got to see it eventually on television afterwards. So, well, I mean, that's a, that's a positive. And I know that Joe had won the ROH title in that building beforehand. So that was actually a different building, but still oh, in was it? Massachusetts. Yeah. It oh. was a more sizable building. Yeah. Was it the ROH title or the TNA title? It was the TNA title. Yeah. He won the oh, TNA title against, uh, against Kurt Angle, right? Sorry. Yep. Lockdown yeah. eight. Yeah. So Samoa Joe has some history in that building. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So ROH running it, uh, pretty soon. What about, uh, what about Shinsuke Nakamura live? How was that experience seeing, seeing, uh, Shinsuke? And was that your first time seeing Shinsuke? Live? Yeah, that, that was my first time. I, you know, we, whenever ring of honor has come, you know, they'll come to, um, I was like Toronto and New York and never the new England area. I'd always missed out. So this was a great opportunity to see him in a fairly intimate setting. It was just kind of mind blowing. Someone I've watched for God, since he debuted and, you know, seen all his, ups and downs and character transformation and all the dome. And now I see him in, you know, Lowell, Massachusetts of all places, Lowell, Massachusetts in front of a thousand people. And that's one of the bigger was, buildings he's working from. 2800 was, oh, uh, wow. It, I mean, this was a sizable building. It was mm-hmm. full to the, it was really full. So oh, I didn't that, even... that's another reason why I thought they had, would have like, you know, some cameras having footage. Cause it just looks so impressive, both the building and the crowd itself. Are you a regular viewer of NXT television? Yep. It's one of the few television sh- wrestling television shows actually try to watch at least the, in its entirety. Yeah. I would, nah. I would say that this was uh this was going to be a pretty big week of TV because I mean, it, it's, it's the spoiler debate. Sometimes WWE went full blown. Like, you know, they were going to make sure the news got out there that Samoa Joe won this title. But I, I think that helps. 
NXT TV this week. I think whoever's looking at the analytics is going to have a good time seeing the rise in viewership for at least the live experience because people want to see all, what all the hubbub is about. They want to see Samojo winning that title. But uh, so I, I think that'll be a good week for NXT TV. Jeff, go ahead. Now, from top to bottom, because I know that this is always the best part for me. I've, go, I've been to a couple of NXT shows live. What was a match to you on this card that totally overperformed your expectations? Try to think. The best match of the night may have been a uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Chris Gerard match. Chris Gerard okay. wrestled a bunch in uh, New England. His Biff Busick, that's where he really cut his teeth. So he had a lot of support and got the win, actually, and I would say something of an upset because he's only been on TV I think once or twice, not not much at all. That match blew me away. And also seeing um, Austin Aries against uh, is it Manny, I don't know how you pronounce the, Andrade? Andrade. Yeah, Andrade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. La Sombra, yeah. Seeing that and seeing him, seeing, you know, La Sombra was almost as big a thrill as seeing Nakamura because that's another guy, you know, I've watched for years and years and never thought I'd see. And here he is, you know, in Lowell, Massachusetts. I actually have a La Sombra mask I got, you know, when um, Cubs fan went to Mexico, he picked it up for me as one of my favorite wrestling little uh, mementos there. And, uh, you know, I think Manny's going to do, because when he came out, he, you know, a lot of people were like, who is this guy? And then by the end, they were going nuts because he just won him over with the, the quality of his work. So I think, you know, he'll be stepping in soon to, to oh. fill a gap. Oh, yeah. This uh, this Global Cruiserweight Series is going to be something because I imagine that's where uh, Manny will debut. I imagine Chris Gerard will probably be in this tournament too. So a lot of those people who who go to these shows and, follow NXT TV, but don't necessarily follow, you know, the superstars of the future who are at the performance center. They're going to get a big dose of these guys coming up soon. Rich Swan, all names that are probably going to make their name in the global cruiserweight series. And, but it sounds like based on the matches that were there and obviously have the NXT title change, Joe, this was as much of an indie super show as you're going to get in the U S and it, and God, it's under the WWE banner. Yes. I mean, if you just think about it, like, you know, La Sombra, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, Biff Busick, Tommaso Ciampa, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, like all these people is just a crazy amount of names that, you know, I don't want to, like, it, I mean, it was a great show top to bottom, like pretty much everything was, uh, was at least enjoyable and just, you know, it was a great, the crowd was into it all night and just the, you know, seeing all these people you just watch on TV is always a thrill for me. It's always getting to say, hey, I saw so-and-so live. Fine. Seeing all these great names is just Great, great night. Yeah. Well, that, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Final question. Uh, we'll leave on this one. Yes or no, the drifter is over. <laughs> well, he, he got a lot of booze. He tried to sing a song and uh, it didn't go so well. And then he, he lost to Nakamura. So there you go. But hey, I'm glad I got to see the drifter. I wow. have a I have a quick question to end this because it's not related to the NXT show. And you can avoid it at all costs if you want to. I am a huge fan of one of your other projects, the... Uh, the uh, wrestling video game project. Do you have a game coming up in the in the queue, so to speak, that you could plug? Yes, I'm headed back to uh, the SmackDown series, their first entry. It is uh, just bring it on the PlayStation 2. I have it uh, all played. I have notes. I just have to sit down. This week has been, uh, if you like hearing audio of me, this has been quite the week for you. As mm-hmm. I've been doing a sh- uh, five shows in five days is to celebrate my 10th anniversary of podcasting. So... Once this is in uh, my rearview mirror, I will settle down and get a new fun time arcade out. Please plug them all. Ten, all right. Ten years of podcasting, by the way, is quite the number because we've been doing this show for two years, and it seems like Jeff and I are best friends. But ten years—that's that's a good number. It is, but I think you guys have done almost as many shows as I have in those ten years. So we're working. Yep. 
You're working hard. So where, uh, where can people find uh, you on Twitter and find about information about this podcast series you have going on? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Joe uh, Joe Gagne, G A G N E, just like the uh, fabled AWA promoters. And, uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter there. You can go to joeversusworld.com. Versus spelled out for my podcast, celebrating ten years, just uh, five shows in five days this week. A ton guest stars. You can go to YouTube.com/slash Mike and Tom Present. My YouTube series chronicling the history of wrestling video games over, uh, I think, 60 episodes there. If you you think about it, we probably covered it. And uh, lastly, the Wrestling Podmas found here at VoicesOfWrestling.com, covering the week in pro wrestling podcasts. Doing it for almost uh, two years now and uh, on track for uh, another week in the can coming up. At Joe Gagne on Twitter. Joe, thank you so much. And we're back. That was Joe Gagne, special surprise. We actually got him on the line. We were trying for a long time to talk about Finn Balor and the NXT title change in NXT Lowell. I appreciate Joe and Sean uh, for joining us on the show. This show is going to be an absolute bitch to edit. I can tell Mm -hmm. you that right now. Uh, But Jeff, I am throwing it to you right now for some breaking news. Breaking news. It has me absolutely geeked. WWE Network has just uploaded a new table for three, which, as you know, I absolutely love as a series. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard on table for three. I am so stoked. I, 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 cannot, I cannot tell you if it's as good as the others. It may be contrived, but it may be absolutely wonderful to watch. I cannot wait. It is now time mm-hmm. for match number, what, 38? Dun, 37. 37. No, I think you are. I think you are correct. Match number 37, Shawn Michaels versus the undertaker from in your house, bad blood, 1997 on the WWE network. Uh, This is important for two things and significant for two things. It is the first ever hell in a cell match. And it it is is also the debut on television of the Kane character. Uh, So some big stuff here. The match went about a half an hour. Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels, the undertaker, the first ever hell in a cell. And, what you don't have nowadays in Hell in a Cell, but you got on this show, Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, your overall thoughts on Bad Blood 1997. Did you watch this match uh, when it happened originally in 97? I did not because I was in Charlottesville, Virginia at the time for homecoming, my first trip since moving out to L.A. And I remember this card for another reason that uh, you did not mention. This card was also... The same day as the death of one Brian Pillman. Oh. Um, which put a real damper on the festivities at the time, as I recall. Now, watching this, um, I watched it later, but watching it now, I absolutely loved this match. This may be my favorite Shawn Michaels match, next to maybe the Flair retirement match, but overall, I love this. This was peak DX when you had China who was still a menacing presence. Uh, she hadn't yet gotten on the microphone or done matches. Rick Rude was still with them. And Sean was really the leader rather than Triple H. Triple H was kind of the second banana here, so to speak. Um, this is Teardrop Undertaker, if you remember that. I believe he had a friend pass away. And as a tribute, not as a, not as a character choice of that he had killed someone, but as a tribute to a fallen friend, he had a teardrop tattoo of some sort on his face. But this was like an old school cage match in terms of kick, punch, fight, try to hurt someone, as opposed to doing moves and just using the cage willy nilly. 
And what I really, really like the most is how clever the story of this match was in that Shawn Michaels could not beat Undertaker, quote unquote, fair and square. So he was looking for a way to somehow get out of the cage. And so in order to do that, he beats up a quote unquote cameraman to get them to unlock the cage. I thought this was absolutely brilliant. And in addition to that, we get the first really big bump off of the cage, which would, of course, later be topped by Foley. But that was a jaw-dropping moment in my wrestling watching. And the fact that he got back up so quick and that he just sold, and he didn't oversell like he did, say, in the Hogan match. This, this is really possibly the most prime Shawn Michaels match for me in terms of both realism and work rate that I can recall offhand. Yeah. At this time I was still really heavy into WCW. So I wasn't following WWF uh, as much. I was more into the WCW stuff and the rise of uh, sting going up to face Hulk Hogan. Um, this match I'm watching and I would, I was just thinking like, if I was there, if I was watching this on pay-per-view or watching this in the crowd, like this match had so much stuff going on to where it's the craziness of the first ever hell in a cell. You didn't know really what to expect. Mm -hmm. uh, you had Shawn Michaels figuring out a way, you know, beat up a camera, just straight up beating up a cameraman inside the cage, knowing that they would have to rescue him. So the cage had to open up. You had Undertaker there trying to keep Shawn Michaels in, but Shawn Michaels just barrels out of the cage and all of a sudden they're fighting out of the cage and then they climb up top and they do a couple of spots, which would be, you know, the preview basically for years later when, or for, uh, you know, future Hell in a Cells when you had the McFoley stuff and the fighting on top of the cage. Uh, it, it was really smartly uh, put together. I mean, this is a cage match. Shawn Michaels is going to try to fight a way out and he successfully did. But at the end of the day, uh, it didn't completely matter. Yet, we have the debut of Kane. Kane comes in and basically saves the day for Shawn Michaels again because you have the debut of Undertaker's long lost brother. You have Vince McMahon screaming out, that's got to be, that's got to be Kane. <laughs> and you have Jim Ross going nuts and everyone's going crazy like this big monster because you don't have guys in the WWF who are the same size as Undertaker. Basically, Sid was it as, as far as being the height and power of the Undertaker. Uh, and you have this big monster Kane come in. So now you're thinking Shawn Michaels squeaked away with a win over the Undertaker. And now this big bad guy Undertaker is going up against Kane who we know really nothing about. Mm -hmm. but looks like he's menacing. I mean, this was not Drew, you know, this was not Dot Gallows coming in in a fake Undertaker or fake Kane costume and looking silly in the fake Kane costume. This was, I mean, from, from the very start, Kane looked cool. Kane did not like, like, look like this goof to me in a red costume. He looked cool. He looked badass. He looked scary. Yeah. I think there, there are a couple things here. Number one, you, uh, you mentioned Vince, and Vince on commentary obviously had long-term visions for Shawn Michaels as a face because oh, yeah. he was talking him up quite a bit as a young, he won't quit on this match, you know, kind of, he's still treating him like a heel, but at the same time, he's talking him up so much that you can tell that Vince saw money as him being a top face in the company. Um, yeah, Kane, I really liked the presentation of this. I had been, you know, I was a fan of his since Unabom in Smoky Mountain. I really thought the him and Al Snow were 
great together. And I hated the Isaac Yankum character. I absolutely loathed it. Here, you know, and I was a big fan. I was still in my WCW mode as well. I really liked, always liked the presentation of Mortis and Wrath there. Yeah. And I thought oh, sure, this, yeah. this really, I mean, that really helped this here. I was never a big Paul Bearer fan per se, because it always went in the goofy end. But here, I mean, ripping off the cage door and just throwing around, was it Earl, is it Earl Hebner that was the Hebner of choice here? I mean, he um, just, I didn't even think of it, but it's a Hebner. Yeah, it's a Hebner. He just throws that poor Hebner around in the cage. He's obviously geeked up for this debut. And I hate using the term geeked up, but I just did. I apologize. Look that up in your urban dictionary. Geek? Uh, okay. Yeah. Geeked, geeked up. Right. But uh, no, but I mean, it's, it's a great debut. I wish they had done it after the match because I, you know, while I believe Dave Meltzer rated this a five-star match, and I would agree for the most part, I was so into the story of Sean bleeding and the violence being so realistic that I didn't even mind this run-in. But at the same time, I like these types of things post-match for the most part, but I understand why they did it. They made him lose his his big match in this debut with a screw job and sets up a story for later. So I, you know what, I can live with it. I thought the match was certainly fun. I thought, uh, you know, for going a half an hour, cause I didn't look at the time before I watched the match. So I didn't know exactly what the time was on it. And then I'm looking at half an hour. It felt maybe like 20, 22. Um, oh, it you know, flew by. It, yeah, flew by. it flies by. It does. It absolutely does fly by. Um, but yeah, an important match. It's, it's on this one, not just because the match is good, but for its importance, I, I this agree. is, this is a match Dave Meltzer gave five stars to. Mm -hmm. So like, if you want to go back for the Meltzer rating five stars, you go back just to watch the match itself, but also the debut of Kane. Also the fact that it's the first ever hell in a cell. This is one of those classic matches that are classic for not just what happened in the ring, but for everything that happened around it, you have the future of undertaker and Kane. I mean, hell Kane is still around now. I mean, we're going to come up next year on the 20th anniversary of the Kane character. It, this match, th yeah, this match in retrospect is better than you remember it in terms of, yeah, I, I don't even, I didn't remember this kind of an old school feel to it at the time, because in about six or seven weeks, we're coming up on Magnum Tully and it had that kind of feel. It didn't have the same story or emotion from the crowd, but it had the same kind of feel in terms of the violence. Absolutely. Go, uh, go watch match number 37, our top 100 countdown from bad blood in your house, bad blood. 1997, you will not be able to search bad blood, go figure, whether it's B-A-D-D -D or whatever. Uh, I tried to search it on the WWE Network, and it did not bring me to this pay-per-view. I had to go actually through the pay-per-views, find the year 1997, go to the show. It'll, the, give you, it'll give you the option of bad blood, but it won't take you to that pay-per-view. It'll take you to other matches. Yeah, it, it takes me to something else. Like, um, you know, if I search bad blood with one B, or with uh, one D, rather, bad blood with one uh, D on the bad, uh, it does not bring me to anything. It says no search results. If I search it the right way with the two D's, it brought me to some match that wasn't even on any of the bad blood pay-per-views. Like it was mm -hmm. just, it was just weird. It's like, it's in the description. They have bad blood yeah. with each other. So yeah, yeah. Bad blood. What are you going to do? But, uh, that match is number 37. Next week, we are going to talk about, mm -hmm. um, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. Yes, indeed. From raw on uh, January 18th of 1993, WWE Raw 1993, January 18th, Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect. Kurt Hennig is our match next week. That we will get to on Tuesday. Uh, we are going to do a show Sunday night after WWE Payback. We will do our usual YouTube live stream. Jeff and I will be on the YouTube channel, voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. 
We will be up there to talk about all the happenings of payback. Uh, we may even take some calls. So follow the Twitter at Shake Them Ropes to see if we're going to take calls on that show. But we will be live with STR number 146 on Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, right after WWE Payback on the YouTube channel. Follow at Shake Them Ropes for all of the information. Uh, and we will make sure we talk about all the crazy stuff that is happening on mm -hmm. that show. Jeff Hawkins, anything else for the people this week? Uh, I am appearing on another wrestling podcast uh, tonight, so it'll be available for download sometime. I will be on a podcast called The Gator Pit. Um, unfortunately, two of the hosts of that show are out tonight, so it's going to be heavy lifting with me and uh, one of the other guys over there. But much like, uh, much like Rob does his brand extension over at Wrestling Inc., please go download those on Wednesdays and Thursday nights. In your favorite podcatcher, look up uh, The Gator Pit. I will be on there uh, tonight, and that should drop sometime later. Good stuff. This is going to be a bitch to edit. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.